With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got Snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, Aaron Rodgers is inside the pylon. Allen has time, intercepted, Sauce Gardner's got it, breaking away, Garrett Wilson, Wilson a big play downfield. Allen tripped up, he could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall, he's done it again, Brees Lightning. 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeJet1. And we're going to talk about the state of the New York Jets with one of my favorite people to talk football with. In fact, I feel like we did a podcast before the podcast because we always end up talking for quite a while before the show even starts. He covers the NFL for Pro Football Network, longtime beat writer covering the Minnesota Vikings, but now that he's looking at all the teams in the NFL, he's ranked the offenses and defenses around the league based on what happened in the offseason, so I thought it would be fun to talk to him and get his perspective. Arif Hassan, Arif, it's an honor to have you back on the show. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's um, I'm always excited. I think this is what my third, like, um, what is it? What is, what is it on SNL? The um, the three time club. It was like Don Goodman was at the six time club yeah. at some point. The number of times you host the SNL. Tom Hanks, Steve Martin, I think we're in that club, right? Yeah, yeah. Arif, I'm just an unfrozen caveman. I don't know much about. <laughs> <laughs> These TV shows are your football teams, but I do know that Ordinance 43216 says. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little look behind the curtain. Perfect. Arif and I were making jokes about this before we started recording. SNL back in the 90s, that was an old Phil Hartman bit where he called himself the unfrozen caveman lawyer and he had been frozen for decades and he would come back and he didn't understand anything about the modern society, but somehow he would always know about some weird obscure thing that he would use to win a case in a local courtroom. So if you've never seen unfrozen caveman lawyer, you should check it's, it out. It, it is high level comedy. I highly encourage watching some of those skits. That era of SNL was awesome. We were just talking about it before with guys like Phil Hartman, Mike Myers, Dennis Miller, Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, David Spade, Chris Farley. So many guys that turned out to be major stars. So if you haven't watched those skits, I recommend going and checking it out. But I also think you should check out Arif's work over at PFN where he's been breaking down the offenses and defenses of each team, putting together comprehensive rankings here in the offseason. And before we get to where you have the Jets ranked on offense and defense, Arif, I want to discuss what the Jets did in the offseason, all the moves they've made. And we'll start with free agency. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers was a trade, but we'll throw him in here too because he was the big offseason acquisition. They went out, they get Alan Lazard, they traded for Chuck Clark, they signed Mecole Hardman, 
they shipped out Elijah Moore to the Cleveland Browns, and then they bring in Aaron Rodgers. So talk about what the Jets did in the offseason in terms of players that they brought in here. And then also the Aaron Rodgers move. You can go in depth on this one better than most because as somebody who covered the Vikings for a long time, you had a front row seat for the way that Aaron Rodgers tortured the rest of the NFC Central. And so now he comes to the Jets. You talk a little bit about what that means or what you think it will mean for the Jets going forward the next couple of years and how relieved you and the other Vikings fans are (laughs) that you no longer have to see Aaron Rodgers playing against the Vikings two times a year. Yeah, no, I think I will. So we'll leave that part of the discussion last because it's going to be the most interesting and kind of fullest part of the discussion. But um, just taking a look at, you know, their offseason moves, obviously, you know, signing players like Alan Lazard, that's like intimately connected, right, with uh, with with getting Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, rounding out, you know, depth like Yadni Kajust, if he ends up making the team, could be depth. You know, it, that kind of stuff has been important. Mikol Hardman is going to be probably a critical receiver in the rotation. He gives you the option to to trade away players that you might need to be traded, like Elijah Moore. It gives you the option of, of having a vertical element to your offense if you didn't really feel comfortable having one, if you want to get Wilson to be running intermediate routes a little bit more often because that's where you know he's maybe the most comfortable living and you want him to kind of maximize what he does um you know that group of of moves right where you where you build in depth where you get players like you know Randall Cobb like Nicole Hardman that can round out a roster um and then you get players that can start for you like Alan Lazard uh and pair them with the players that you're already really confident in and like Garrett Wilson you know those are the kinds of moves that allow you to be kind of comfortable with the team's durability, right? Because if a player goes down, we'll have somebody come up um, and you could be comfortable with the team's kind of overall process and approach. Now there's always opportunities that the team could have taken, right? To, to be a little bit better. I think that they left some meat on the bone in the receiver market. You know, we were just talking before the show about how it would have been interesting if they were a little bit more aggressive about going after DeAndre Hopkins, because there's very few rosters in the league that wouldn't be improved by adding DeAndre Hopkins. And the Jets are certainly no exception to that because Alan Lazard is a pretty decent wide receiver too, but he's not the league's best wide receiver. He's not T Higgins, right? So, um, you know, you always have an opportunity to do that. Plus it gives you opportunities to be a, a two tight end team or a two running back team or a three receiver team, right? And so you can kind of move things around. And so they they missed some potential to, to get better. But overall, I think that, you know, doing stuff like, you know, grabbing Billy Turner, right? Um, and addressing the fact that, you know, the offensive line was not crazy healthy last year. Um, you know, doing that kind of stuff, I think, shows a care to the way that they approach the roster build that wasn't just, hey, we're trading for Chuck Clark. He's our starting safety. We're trading for Aaron Rodgers. He's our starting quarterback, right? It, it shows an understanding that, like, hey, we have to approach this in a way that's like systematic, that we've got an improvement in the top line, in the second line, and in the third line. Of, of the way, you know, that we run things so that when we move from our top line to our second line, when we've got a defensive line rotation or when we've got an injury on the offensive line, we can weather that storm just a little bit better than we have in the past. So um, I, I like a lot of their offseason moves. I don't think that they maximize, you know, what they had available to them. Uh, and, you know, maybe that bites them. I don't know if it will. Um, but, you know, th- those are those are you know things that they have to pay attention to. But the thing I, I like is that They've got a lot of different ways that they can run this offense with Brees Hall potentially healthy and and back to who he was with Garrett Wilson, you know, capable of taking a, a short pass or running into the house or winning intermediate with his route running. Um, having somebody like Nicole Hardman, who's not going to be, a, you know, a primary deep threat. He's not going to be, you know, your goat. He's not Tyreek. Right. But he's going to have the ability to alter the geometry, the defense. Um, having multiple ways that you can attack offenses and then slotting a Hall of Fame quarterback in the middle of that. 
there's a lot of excitement to be had. Um, and, and with regards to that, with Aaron Rodgers, so last year, you know, he was, I think, fairly disappointing. I don't think it's really difficult um, to say that. I don't think many people would disagree with that. Now, there is an issue where in week five, you know, he injured his thumb, and that might have a, an influence on the way that um, that his passing statistics kind of played out, and he didn't recover, you know, his passing level of performance until, you know, fairly late into the season when the Packers went on a five-game winning streak. But um, before that injury, he was actually still playing fairly poorly. Uh, and so I think that there's something there to investigate, but, um, you know, my modeling of quarterback performance, which is kind of built into these power rankings, if you want to talk about them, um, suggests that Aaron Rodgers will continue playing at a really high level, not necessarily at an MVP level. And that's going to be really difficult, um, realistically anyway, just given the state of quarterbacks in the league, it's much better now than it was five years ago. Uh, so it's just going to be a little bit harder to, to, to be called an MVP quarterback, but he's still going to likely play at a pretty high level when you've got a receiver like Garrett Wilson, there's always going to be some connection that you're going to be able to exploit and, and do really well on. Uh, but just in terms of like the things that he does well, the things that he doesn't do well, you know, he's a quarterback that really wants to get all of his receivers on the same page as him because he's very um, precise and, and it's, it's a double-edged sword. You know, he has a particular way of doing things and only he can really execute things at that level of precision. So he knows exactly where he wants the ball to go. And sometimes that is in an unorthodox location and receivers have to be ready for that. So Devontae Adams knew exactly where at all times Aaron Rodgers wanted that ball to be thrown and he would throw it away from coverage. He'd throw it in a perfect spot, but the receiver would have to know where that was. And so when all of that's clicking, when all of that is going really well, it is going phenomenally well. It, virtually undefendable plays at times, right? Um, but you know, when it's not going well, he either looks inaccurate, right? Because he's throwing at a place the receiver doesn't expect. And so now it's in an entirely different spot or, um, he actually is inaccurate. I mean, last year he just did have the inaccuracy issues, um, from time to time. And so kind of which Aaron Rodgers you're going to get probably a very good one, but you do have to understand that, you know, this is a quarterback that relies very much on the connection that he has with his receivers and maximizing that as much as possible in a way that you would hope would result in, you know, a lot of off-season work to make sure that that happens. And it's something that he's not particularly interested in. You know, it, you know that, that article that was uh, at The Athletic with the interview with Matt Schneidman, you know, he basically mocks the idea of using organized team activities as a method of, of you know, improving quarterback-receiver communication. Uh, and, you know, he said, hey, I didn't have to do that in my MVP years. And it's also, you had, a, you had a receiver that you were working with for a very long time. And then suddenly that receiver's gone, you've got two rookies, and the rookies are just not on the same page as you, right? Um, you know, those are those are kind of the things that you have to, to watch out for and pay attention to, but um, if he and Garrett Wilson are on the same page, and we know him and Alan Lazard and him and Randall Cobb are on the same page, then they, they will be very difficult to defend, even if, like, in a classical position, you played, quote-unquote, good defense. And so um, he's very good at that, at making sure that he out-leverages the defense with his throws, um, he still has the athletic capability to scramble pretty well, which can be very frustrating. He is a really, really good scramble drill quarterback. You know, he knows exactly how defenses tend to respond to the scramble drill and he coaches and trains his receivers. Um, and this is kind of one element of this kind of like demand from his receivers to, to find open space in a particular way during the scramble drill. So he does a very good job of that. And I think above all else, he does a, a fantastic job at avoiding sacks. And I feel like that. Is such an underrated skill about quarterbacks, but it, it, the numbers just tell us like how devastating a sack can be. A pass for one yard is fine. You're on second and nine. It kind of doesn't matter, but a sack for four yards 
and that's a pretty small sack, the average sack is seven yards, um, is catastrophic. The ability to convert a new set of downs from second and nine versus second and 14, it, it, it drops dramatically by like threefold. It's it's such an enormous difference. And he's maybe one of the best in the league besides Patrick Mahomes at avoiding sacks. And that does result in, in throwaways. You know, he doesn't like to throw picks, who does? But he's so risk averse about those picks that he'll throw the ball away instead of attempting to force it, which means, yeah, he avoided the sack, but it also means a loss down. Um, that's kind of the trade-off that you're going to get. And there are times where he's going to throw the ball away and you're going to wonder, like, why? Why would he do that? I mean, he he had an opportunity here um, if he just wanted to fit a tight window. And the answer is he didn't want to fit a tight window. So he kind of avoids some of those chances sometimes. But it, it, the benefit is that it's really, really difficult to bring him down. And so, um, you know, the difference between a good quarterback throwing you know, a seven yard out that's going to get you nine yards versus seven yards. That's pretty dramatic. And he, and he has that difference, but the difference between a quarterback that's going to take a sack that takes you back seven yards versus one that he throws it away and at zero yards, that's even more dramatic. And so those are kind of the hidden advantages that he continues to compile throughout games that I think um, Jets fans are both going to, you know, be annoyed with, but overall enjoy. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Arif, I want to come back to the offense and Aaron Rodgers and also the defense too because you have your rankings that we alluded to earlier and I want you to dive in on that. But first, what did you think of the Jets draft overall? Uh, personally, I thought it was all right. Um, I didn't dislike it a ton i didn't love the will mcdonald pick but i i liked you know the joe Tipman pick um i liked the late round picks i like the zach coons and um is he abanaconda did i get that um mm-hmm. the, the pit back i like him a lot <laughs> um you know having that speed at running back with like Brees hall and izzy and bam knight like that's that's going to be fun if bam knight makes the team um I, I, I like all of that, but there was nothing that like blew me away, if that makes sense. There are teams that had probably better drafts. Um, obviously, the Jets didn't have all of the picks that they might have wanted available to them just because of the way the trade works out. But they had a first round pick and a second round pick. And 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 so um, they had a mostly complete draft, but it's it, it's one that I'm not overly impressed by, but I don't dislike it all either. Um, the, the question is whether or not somebody like Will McDonald has the ability to um you know contribute right away it's not like a lucas van ness scenario where it's, he didn't start in college but i think that there's some some room to improve there and and uh joe Tipman, i think is fine i don't think that he like if he was picked around later that would make a little bit more sense but i don't think the jets really reach too much with him anyway it's kind of one of those scenarios um so 
Yeah, I, I kind of like it. I do think that they um, approached it by addressing some positions that could use a little bit of rounding out. I don't think that they, aside from you know their second round pick, I don't think that they tried to get an immediate starter. Um, and so it's it's kind of difficult to evaluate this overall. But I think you know the draft was all right. I thought the Carter Warren pick in the fourth round was probably you know uh, a steal. I think their late round picks overall were steals. Carter Warren, Izzy, Zach Coons. I thought overall that that was pretty good, but. Yeah, it's not one that I'm going to, you know, put in my top five drafts either. Arif, let's dive in now on your offensive and defensive rankings. You went through all 32 teams. You ranked each defense and each offense. Where did you have the Jets with both units? And also, realistically, based on your rankings and the computer models, what do you think the Jets' ceiling is and what do you think their floor is? Obviously, we'll put the caveat in here. We're not talking about a ceiling and a floor that involves some unexpected happening. Like for example, the jets making some sort of major trade to upgrade the team at the trade deadline, somebody getting hurt, so on and so forth. Talk to me a little bit about what you found when you ran these models. Yeah. So the model is a player specific model, which means that it incorporates the individual performance that each player is expected to return in the draft. It assumes that every player is as good as the area where they were drafted uh, and in free agency and in trades uh, and so on, it assumes that player is about as good as their last three years of data with some heavier weighting for the most recent year of data. And so it has some thoughts about you know how good some of these players actually are. It assumes, for example, that Aaron Rodgers is pro- going to play a lot closer to his MVP level than he is going to play to his last year. And so it, it projects that Aaron Rodgers is going to play very well. And because you know the 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 offensive model weights quarterback play pretty heavily. It thinks that, you know, the Jets have a very good offense. It ranks at sixth overall in its power rankings. Um, it liked that the Jets were a little bit more aggressive about getting offensive line depth. Um, it assumes that that's going to kind of um, cover for the instability that they've had along the offensive line. Um, but overall, it likes the play of the players on the offensive line. And it kind of assumes that they won't get that hurt, which has not historically been true with this group of players. Uh, and so it may be a little bit too optimistic there. It doesn't model injuries very well, nor do I want it to, because they tend to be pretty unpredictable. But that's like one thing where you could say, hey, if they're not six, this is probably a reason why. But it, it does like the receiving core. It likes Garrett Wilson a lot. Obviously, it likes Alan Lazard a, a fair amount. Um, and, and you know, it, it thinks that there's probably just going to be a baseline level of performance there that you can count on. And so I would say that there's probably a gap between six and five here. I think that you go from you know, um, some some really great teams. Like, so it, it goes, you know, obviously the Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, Bengals, and Dolphins, those are the top five. And I think there's a pretty big gap between them and six. And then right behind them are the Baltimore Ravens and then the 49ers. It's not very optimistic about Brock Purdy. So um, there's a gap here. So saying they're sixth sounds good, but I want to temper it by saying there's probably a cliff there. Um, but it, it, it does say, hey, we're probably going to get a pretty good offense out of this. Now, the defense is the one that I think surprised a few people. It's number one. You know, it thinks that it thinks that the Jets have the best defense in the league. The assumptions of the model play a big role here. So the last year, the Jets were something like sixth in expected points allowed. That played a role in its projections going forward, but it more important than how they performed last year, which, you know, they did play a number of backup quarterbacks. So there's a little bit of fool's gold kind of, you know, you're, that you're digging through there. But it, it 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 cares the most about that cornerback group. And Sauce Gardner, number one corner of the NFL last year. DJ Reed, really high-level corner last year. Michael Carter, too. 
does his job. Yeah, you know, I don't want to like oversell it. But um, that group of corners is considered to buy the model to be the best cornerback group in the league. And so that's why they're number one defensively. Um, we don't know how good that linebacker unit is going to be. I think that there's a lot of reason to consider both. Um, you know, CJ Mosley and Quincy Williams as a kind of unknown quantities because of how up and down they've been over the course of their career. Um, but it doesn't matter that much because linebackers kind of matter the least in the model. And it just kind of figures that the Jets will produce pass rush somehow, whether it's from Jermaine Johnson taking the next step or Will McDonald contributing right away or, you know, Carl Lawson continuing to produce at a high level or John Myers, Franklin, or uh, Franklin Myers playing completely out of his mind again. It assumes that there will be some level of pass rush alongside Quinn and Williams, which the model obviously it loves. And so um, that the the issues with the model is that it does not account for who they played last year. It doesn't account for the potential for injury um, as, as aggressively as maybe it could. Um, and so these are all kind of vagaries. And then also it's impossible to predict defense performance on a consistent basis anyway. And so all of that in mind, if I take a look at the ceiling and the floor for the Jets, I think the ceiling, hey, you got a number one defense and a number six offense. Your ceiling is remarkable. It's it's a Super Bowl. That's the ceiling. There's no question about that. You could, you know, win 14 games and then stomp on down to the Super Bowl and win it all. That's I don't think that that's a controversial ceiling. That's why the Jets made the moves that they made. It's it's because of that. The floor, I I I find it really difficult to believe that the Jets are anything below an average team. So to me, the floor is about 15th, 16th in the NFL, just missing out on the playoffs. It is a tough conference. Again, the power rankings don't take into account past schedule, but it also doesn't take into account future schedule, right? It, it, the Jets have one of the um, most difficult, um, you know, strengths of schedule in the league because you know, the AFC East plays the NFC East, right? So it's, it's just a bloodbath all over. So there could be some losses that are just a product of who they play as opposed to their quality of play. But I would say that their floor is probably just missing out on the playoffs. Um, but I, I, it's difficult outside of an unexpected circumstance for me to consider the Jets as a team that is going to bottom out or anything like that. That just it does not seem like that that is a likely future for them. Arif, we just heard you talk about what you think their ceiling and floor are. But how about what you predict the Jets will do yourself in 2023. What do you think? What's your record going to be? You don't have to give me an exact record, but somewhere in the range of what you think the record would be. And how do you think this ends for them? Do you think they legitimately have a real chance to go to the Super Bowl? Or do you think it's more likely that they're just a playoff team? How do you see this turning out? Yeah, and, and this uh, my concern with the Jets is that they haven't done everything possible to maximize. And I think that when we have the conversation about what happens in the playoffs, I think that that's when it's going to reveal itself. So to answer kind of the, the first questions first, I think that overall I see them as a 12-13 win team or thereabouts. I think that that is my average expectation for them, and I think that that's going to be good enough for the second seed in the AFC East um, uh, or coming out of the AFC East, um, so the top wild card. And you know whether or not that's, that's second to the Dolphins or second to the Bills – I don't know, probably the Bills, but, you know, it's anything can happen. Um, but it, it's probably second, right? And then that puts them in the playoffs. It does not give them a first-round bye. Uh, it does not give them home field advantage, and that's going to be kind of difficult. The AFC is stacked, right? And so that's going to be a problem. But I see them as winning at least one playoff game. The issue is, you know, what happens in the divisional round, and they'll probably go up against one of these really astounding teams, whether that's the Bengals, um, a repeat divisional match, um, maybe, you know, a resurgent Baltimore Ravens, like who knows, right? And that, that's going to be tough because they're probably not going to have home field advantage. 
So I would say they're 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 on track to win a playoff game. More than that, I'm a little bit skeptical of, and that's more not an indictment of the Jets, um, except that they haven't done as much as possible to maximize, and more a product of how strong the AFC is. If the Jets were in the NFC, I would say that this is uh, potentially a Super Bowl-bound team. Um, so that's kind of where I am. It's, you're winning a one-playoff game, the second team out of the AFC East, uh, and just being kind of hurt by circumstance. Um, again, the ceiling and the floor um are outside of those bounds because you know we have a high ceiling and, and an average floor but i think that for the most part they're a team that's going to be threatening they're going to be dangerous they're going to be one of those teams that you don't want to play but that doesn't mean that they're going to be the team that you know brings it all home arif Hassan, who covers the nfl for pro football network thanks so much for coming on always a blast having you on the show we got to find more excuses to do this on a more consistent basis. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out your work, what do you got going on over a pro football network? Obviously, aside from the offensive and defensive rankings, which everybody should read because you want to see the context of where the Jets fall. We heard first on defense and sixth on offense. Where do the other teams fall? You want to see that. And you want to see all of Arif's other work. So Arif, what's going on at Pro Football Network and how can people follow you on social media? Yeah, so I just published a series of articles about the uh, owners meetings in Minneapolis that I was just at. So that was pretty fun. And right now we're going through some of the previews for individual teams that I've written, some of the best worst case scenarios for individual teams that I've written, you know, kind of that offseason fodder that people, you know, tend to enjoy. Um, but, you know, coming up, I've got, you know, I was at a, um, a development conference for uh, helping players prepare for their after NFL career, so their second career and I got um, a bunch of really great interviews with a bunch of players, a bunch of people focused on player development and um, ways to kind of prepare for post-NFL life. And so, um, you know, there's been some great research from players who have participated um, as uh, as like as as researchers, as scientists, as people getting graduate and, and postgraduate degrees in player mental health that uh, I'm really excited. Julius Thomas plays a big role in the Harvard Fellowship um for for studying um you know post nfl life among players so i'm really excited to get that story up and ready to go that's going to be a project a little bit further down the road but certainly that's on my runway that i'm really excited about to to have a really big discussion about what it is like to move on to your second career make sure that you check out everything that arif's working on over at pro football network follow him on twitter and check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the play like a jet youtube channel the thunder from down under luke grant has some awesome all 22 breakdowns including a lot of the players that arif and i just discussed so watch our videos and subscribe if you haven't already youtube.com slash play like a jet visit our store tpublic.com that's tee we've got the john franklin myers quinn and williams bless you thank you shirt the play like a jet logo shirt caps mugs hoodies it's all there tpublic.com that's teepublic.com and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on itunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.